Welcome to BWC IFRS Talks, your source for all things IFRS. I'm your host, Rahaza Sheikh. In continuing with our theme on sustainability-related disclosure requirements, today's podcast focuses on the future of reporting and the global alignment of sustainability standards. And to talk us through this, I have Nadia Picard joining me today, who is Global Reporting Leader and a partner in PwC Germany. Welcome to IFRS Talks, Nadia. Thank you, Raihaza. So the future of reporting, no small task then. Um, so seriously, it's it's incredible how much has been moving over the last um, few months and, and weeks even in the space and how fast. And as we speak, um, to already hit the topic um, immediately, we are in the middle of responding to a host of new standards, the ISSB standards, the SEC climate proposal, um, climate reporting proposal, and uh, the FREC standards. So just back from the WEF um, meeting in Davos, where um, I hosted a panel exactly on this topic and how we can bring all of this together the best we can. Very fast moving indeed, um, a lot, lots going on. And I'm sure our listeners are going to really appreciate your insights on, on this topic. In our previous podcast, we have covered a number of proposals from the various regulatory bodies that you've uh, previously referred to, um, all in relation to reporting on sustainability related matters. There's a vast amount of information out there for entities to digest. Some of these proposals have focused on information useful to investors, thereby primarily focusing on ESG issues on businesses, whereas others have focused on information useful to a wider group of stakeholders, thereby focusing the lens on the impact of the business on the world around it. Although well-intended, the various proposals do bring many challenges for the reporting entities, including understanding the various objectives, considering the different stakeholders, and getting the processes in place to be able to report on such requirements in the near future. Nadia, I understand that there is a possible solution that has been proposed between the IFRS Foundation and the Global Reporting Initiative, also referred to as the GRI. Our listeners will be familiar with the IFRS Foundation, but perhaps some may not have come across GRI before. So should we begin by providing a bit of background on the GRI themselves, for example, who they are, what they focus on, and what part they play in sustainability-related reporting? Yeah, thank you. So look, GRI standards are actually the most used in sustainability reporting globally to date. 80% of the largest 250 companies currently report in accordance with GRI standards, and they report that their voluntary standards are used by more than 10,000 companies in over 100 countries around the world. So they are quite widely spread. They started as an independent international organization and they've been setting principle-based standards for sustainability reporting as early as 1997 and have a long history of working together with other initiatives in the sustainability reporting space. For example, they were the ones um, that were part of the founding members of the organization behind the integrated reporting framework that has been taken into the IFRS foundation through the Value Reporting Foundation. I'm sure you hit on that uh, earlier. So GRI's aim is to help businesses and governments. So that's a particular focus worldwide 
to understand and communicate their impact on critical sustainability issues, right? So they're really an impact-focused standard. And the impact on issues such as climate change, human rights, governance, and social well-being. If I say the word impact, it does become clear that DRI takes a multi-stakeholder approach, not an investor-centric approach resulting in a somewhat broader definition of materiality, sometimes referred to as double materiality, although that is a bit more of a terminus technicus used by FREC. So the two principal umbrella standards that currently exist, if I take FREC as draft standards and so the ESRS um, and the ISSB standards um, out now. So from the existing standards, DRI is one of two principal umbrella standards that a company could use to report on a broad selection of ESG topics. The other one is the SASB standards, right, which since have actually merged through the Value Reporting Foundation into the ISSB efforts, right. And we're going to touch upon this, but I'll mention it very briefly now. As we're looking at convergence of standard setters, one of our major topics and one that I'm really, really passionate about, the GRI have signed a memorandum of understanding with an intent to work together with the ISSB. We're going to cover that later, but they're already much earlier last year in 2020 already signed a statement of intent to work together with the CDSB, the CDP, IRC, and SASB. So again, they're, they're really very active in the ecosystem to try to bring efforts and, and rules and standards together so that it's a bit easier to apply it. That's really helpful, Nadia. I think it's useful to sort of just bring that perspective in terms of what the existing information is today and the role GRI has played to date, as well as the the, the efforts they continue to do going forward. Coming back to, um, I guess, sustainability-related reporting, what, what do you think are the challenges for entities on reporting? And maybe, you know, what are you hearing from clients who are starting to focus on sustainability reporting? Yeah, let me start with the second part of that question, right? I'm very frequently hearing from boards and management talking, them talking amongst themselves to others, management to boards and so on, about the need for really high quality sustainability reporting to drive their own decision making, for example, to really be accountable for their net zero claims, for making sure that other sustainability strategies um, where they aim to capture opportunities and address risks, that is really explained very well. So they need help by a framework a well-thought-out framework being available to them to tell their story about their own sustainability ESG transformation, right? And, and they're saying that they need to have standards that help them meet stakeholders' information needs that are of really high quality and that are suitable for broader adoption. Yeah, so high-quality, well-defined standards. And they also need jurisdictions to then adopt baseline standards. And if there is a regulatory overlay, for example, I think the most prominent example currently is the EU taxonomy rules. If there is a regulatory body that wants additional reporting, that should be fine. They can those regulatory bodies, governments can overlay the baseline standards with those regulatory requirements. And, and that possibly should be set into the standard setting for sustainability reporting, right? 
Now, they're also concerned with the sheer volume of standards that is coming at them right now, right? Uh, I mentioned the SEC proposal, the ISSB standards, and the EFRIC standards. So some of the multinational companies might actually be hit with all three of those standards. And it's a lot to digest, right? It's covering literally thousands of pages. And I think everybody is very focused on trying to get through this and trying to work out the similarities and differences. But if you take a step back, companies invest and investors are very look, very much looking at the relevance of information, right? The relevance of the disclosures to business and for investors and how this will ultimately affect valuation approaches, voting decisions, engagement activities, right? And that's why global alignment is so important, because if there is a large regulatory fragmentation, it will be very, very expensive for companies and their other stakeholders to spend time and money on meeting the duplicative regulatory requirements, additional burdens and money spent of duplication of technical systems or teams that deal with that. You can also imagine that if a company needs to report under multiple standards and they're similar but not identical, that might result in a loss of transparency and comparability for investors and other stakeholders, right? So going back to the challenges for entities when it comes to sustainability-related reporting, it's very closely related to, to what I just said. It's, it's really around the need to create different data collection processes. Um, sustainability data are not typically sourced in your ERP system that you use for financial reporting. They need to be supported. This data collection processes uh, need to be supported by potentially different IT systems and technological solutions that yet need to be implemented. We're looking at different valuations and different reporting obligations. Again, additional costs might be a result of that, or again, on that immaturity of the system and the processes around it and potential definitions, there might be an increased risk of litigation, right? But I don't want to end this with a gloom and doom scenario yeah it is difficult but it's totally not insurmountable i think which is why it's so important that number one businesses focus on the key issues that they need to address in a transformation to a more sustainable behavior but it's also very very important that we all work together to push for this global alignment so that we really get to a place where we are currently in financial reporting where it's all really well understood and the differences are small. Thanks Nadia. I think yes definitely uh, global alignment working together uh, definitely very key principles in all of this. Now what we've mentioned previously is one of the ways to address this is an agreement that is in the works between the IFRS and the GRI, which referred to as the Memorandum of Understanding or the MOU. Do you, do you have any indication of what the memorandum is intended to cover? Yes, we do, although we haven't read the actual Memorandum of Understanding, but they signed it. Uh, so they being the quote-unquote investor-centric IFRS uh, Foundation. So the IFRS Foundation is looking at uh, corporate reporting for the benefit of investors and GRI, who does approach this from a multi-stakeholder uh, perspective. So they signed this memorandum of understanding in March 2022, so very, very recently, in an effort to really align the capital market-oriented and multi-stakeholder-oriented standards 
to really create an interconnected approach towards sustainability disclosures, right? The collaboration agreement that seems to be put in place should really put the two respective standard setting boards together and coordinate their work programs and their standing setting activities and consult with each other to really try to build this overarching global baseline of sustainability reporting, address as a two-pillar approach in their memorandum of understanding and in their press releases that follow from that. The two pillars are, on the one hand, the first is the recently proposed RFRS sustainability disclosure standards developed by the ISSB, right, concentrating on the investor-focused capital markets. The second pillar then, compatible with the first, and compatible means definitions are aligned, the system on how to report is aligned, the topics are aligned, right? So compatible with the first are then the GRI standards. Yeah? GRI, as I mentioned before, is very widely adopted already, and GRI has a very global reach, so that should also then enable and inform the ISSB in their efforts to, to create a broad range of standards over and above the general standard and the climate-related standard that is currently issued as exposure drafts, right? We will hear more about this, how it actually is going to work and, and how they actually will be putting the pieces together because they have told us that the technical working groups are meeting, they're putting out a joint agenda on how they actually will be addressing these two pillars coming together and what the topics are and how they will be building out this two pillar approach over hopefully the very near future. So ho hopefully more to come on this issue. And I just wanted to remind our listeners that we have covered the exposure drafts from the IWSB in a previous podcast. So I'll include a link to that in the talking points that accompany this podcast as, in case you missed that podcast. So Nadia, what are your personal reflections on the MOU? Do you think it goes far enough? Yeah, again, it's good to remember that this commitment to coordinate the work programs and their standing setting activities is quite a landmark development. As recent as two years ago, we, we had a multitude of reporting standards, frameworks, and initiatives. A lot of that has come together in the ISSB, and now they are really collaborating very closely with the other big umbrella standard being GRI. And remember, the SASB is already integrated into the ISSB. So that has the potential of a very significant simplification of the approach towards sustainability and ESG reporting standards and standard setting. Yeah, I, I think the agreement to bring these two pillars together seems to be a very, very sensible solution on the debate around the direction of ESG-related reporting, particularly of the link between enterprise value and impact. Yeah, um, Look, there, there is a number of people, and I, I, I tend to agree, who really think that there is no practical difference between those two views other than a time horizon and the exposure drafts of the ISSB general disclosure requirements already give a few good examples on where the enterprise value cannot be really delinked from an impact perspective. Look, I think it makes sense that business operating in a certain way that has a negative impact on the planet and its people will in the short, medium or long term, and then that's probably the biggest difference or the biggest unknown, 
a business that operates in that way will have a negative impact on the business itself, then ultimately corresponding with an effect on its enterprise value. So if I take a bit of a longer term view, and this is where the sustainability standards really focus on, enterprise value and impact do align. And by again, by the AFRS Foundation and GRI really truly collaborating towards that global baseline, I can see how regulators, countries really are encouraged to adopt these standards and not set out to produce their own. I think that is a message that cannot be repeated often enough, right? Because ultimately, the reporting standards need to build the trust with all types of stakeholders. Yeah, Transparency needs to focus on what investors and other stakeholders need to know to assess a company's performance in a number of aspects, economically, environmentally, and socially. And the MOU and its wording and the press releases and conversations that we had, they promised to do just that. Yeah. It's also probably quite noteworthy to understand that the MOU aligns quite nicely with the significant work that the European Financial Reporting Advisory Group, EFRAG, has been doing in coordination with the GRI to co-create the new sustainability standards for the European Union. So GRI has already collaborated with EFRAG. So with respect to the standards for the European Union, I, I think the intent again is, is excellent and the potential that it offers is, is huge, but let's not forget that the work is just really starting. So we still need to see the actual results and how the work program aligns and how that then ultimately the system fits together. Yeah, thank, thank you, Nadia. I mean, you're, you're right, it's evolving and this is just the beginning. So it'll be interesting to see how, how this moves forward. So what, what do you think entities and their stakeholders need to do in order to make this new vision on reporting work? I mean, it's an area of focus from regulators, investors are keen to see change. How best can entities approach the issue? Or maybe perhaps put another way, what would be your advice to the management team responsible for addressing their sustainability reporting strategy? Yeah, thank you. It, it, it's not to going to be a simple, finite task that you put out a project for the next two months and are done with. My, my strong advice is don't wait for the final standards and particularly do not wait for any type of implementation period. It is relatively clear on where things are heading. And I would advise the companies to use the time now to get ready and grow the maturity of their very own sustainability reporting by getting started now. And, and let's take a step back and, and look at what those standards, all of them, are trying to do. They're trying to get a company to tell their story about their sustainability strategies, about their business strategy and how they encompass sustainability issues and topics. So the storytelling, the strategy, the risks and opportunities, business focus on what matters to that particular business, that is something that management teams need to get very clear on as soon as possible, because that will also drive materiality consideration when it then comes to a compliant implementation of um, ESG reporting standards. So again, look at strategy, look at risk and opportunities and the governance around this, look at what you want to achieve, which targets you are setting for yourself, and then start thinking about how to measure it and which metrics to use. 
right? Noticed in the past, not anymore, but if you get started, it's worth really looking at it, that you talk about a certain strategy in your sustainability reporting and you don't find that reflected in terms of useful lives or possible impairments or possible customer selectivity concentration territories that you're working in in your financial reporting and that is something that particularly the ISSB is going to focus on to make sure that this connectivity is is really is, is guaranteed and then as you have thought through all this then take a look at your organization right sustainability functions are often rather thinly staffed and may not be able to really deal with the reporting requirements that are being put onto them in the future or even currently. So put your sustainability functions and your finance functions together and, and really think about a way on how the data can be produced in a controlled way with the right processes and systems and governance around that reporting um, because the maturity of the sustainability reporting systems is nowhere near the financial reporting so there needs to be even extra care with respect to quality of data produced and and controls around this um unfortunately we, we don't have an erp for esg just yet although the community the technical community is also coming together to really work at pace on solutions that they can provide to prepare us in that space yeah so as you look at your data and the processes and systems around this, you might also want to think already now about a proper audit trail on how you collect those data, how you define them, and again, the controls around those data. And you also might to want to consider already now, I know it's sometimes early, but you might want to think about assurance on your sustainability reporting and ESG metrics, just simply as a feedback loop um, on, on the quality. And, you know, auditors sometimes find things that your own organization doesn't find, and that might be better earlier than later. So that might be another piece of advice. Engage with your boards, find that feedback loop also with your investors to keep reinforming the considerations that you've made in the beginning of that journey from telling your story through finding the data, making sure the processes are right, then back and re-challenging, do I really tell the right story about my business? Thanks, Nadia. I think, I mean, there's some really great practical tips there that I hope our listeners can benefit from. It's been such a great discussion and so many valuable insights on, you know, what the future of reporting looks like. And although this is an ever-evolving area, I hope our listeners enjoyed hearing your perspectives. I certainly did. I'd like to end the podcast by saying a big thank you to Nadia for joining me and our listeners today. And a big thank you to our listeners. I hope you've been enjoying my mini-series on sustainability-related disclosures. And until next time, stay safe and happy accounting. And thank you for having me. Thanks, Nadia. The preceding programme was brought to you by PricewaterhouseCoopers LLP. This content is for general information purposes and is not a substitute for consultation with professional advisors. Mm-hmm.